1: welcome back to forum i'm alexis madrigal the berkeley art museum and pacific film archives newest show is a gathering of more than 140 pieces spanning the first two decades of the 21st century it's called new time art and feminisms in the 21st century and it's like a conceptual map of feminist practice in our time different sections tackle the big themes the male gaze women's labor gender expansiveness. But there are many stunning individual pieces, none more so, than Kara Walker's monumental 2001 work, "Endless Conundrum in African and Anonymous adventurous, which honestly, worth the price of admission alone. The exhibit is part of an effort co-founded by curator Aspara de Quinzio to bring together more than 100 <laughs> arts organizations dedicated to social justice, known as the Feminist Art Coalition. And we are joined by Absara DeQuinzio, Senior Curator of Modern and Contemporary Art, and Phyllis C. Wattis, Matrix Curator at the Berkeley Art Museum, at least for a few more days. She's moving on. Uh, welcome to the show, Absara.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Um, can you walk us into the exhibit? Like, What did you want people to see and feel when they first arrived at this really large exhibit?
0: Yeah, well, um, I wanted people to uh, experience the breadth and diversity of feminist practices today. There is so much work being made by artists that are engaging with feminist subjects. And I wanted the viewers to come away um, understanding that feminism is alive and well, and, and artists are engaging with it in new and novel ways that span diverse media diverse subjects um and and really just a plethora of um engaging subjects
1: yeah so this show also grew out of a much larger effort which you mentioned the feminist art coalition you know honestly it feels like getting five art orgs together to work on anything would be a multi-year process so how long did this take to sort of put together and and turn into uh, something in the world
0: yes thank you for saying that Um, well, the the genesis of the project started uh, as a result of the 2016 uh, presidential election, and um, and and then the the women's march that occurred globally afterward. And I started to think about how. We really needed to strategize culturally for the next presidential election. And um, one way that I knew how to do that was to organize exhibitions and art museums. And so I reached out to colleagues in the field and asked them if they thought it might be possible to um, synchronize events, exhibitions, programs across many Different institutions nationally at the same time, and they responded very supportively and positively. And so we set about with about uh, twelve different uh, steering committee members conceptualizing and organizing the project. And um, it took us it took us really about three years uh, wow. to develop the entire project. Wow.
1: So in the show here in Berkeley, you know, kind of refusing, refuting, ignoring, refiguring the male gaze is uh, is a big theme, obviously. And there are some really remarkable pieces in there from from all around the world. Laura Aguilar, Farah Al-Qasimi, Haif Karaman, all this really beautiful work that's very striking. What did you see those pieces saying together uh, within the kind of global context?
0: Yeah. Well, um, to begin with, in in organizing the different themes and and subjects of the exhibition, I wanted to. Uh, well, I arrayed images of all of the artwork that I had been researching and gathering over the last of, over the course of a year and a half, and and then and then the, the themes developed very naturally, um, from the work that I had already assembled. And so obviously the, the gaze is a pivotal subject in feminist discourse, um, due to primarily due to Laura Mulvey's important essay in the 1970s, um, which, uh, it was called, uh, Visual Pleasure and Narrative Cinema. And it really established um, the importance of thinking about who was making work and for whom. Um, And she identified that in the film industry, um, films were being made by men for men. And so the male gaze was a subject that had to be contended with. Um, There there wasn't there weren't spaces for the female gaze and and the radical nature of that essay was that it was applicable to so many different media to sculpture to painting to photography Um, and and so um, the female gaze became a subject um, that artists began taking up and so many of the artists in this section are really confronting the male gaze, they're doing so in very direct ways and in some cases, very oblique ways. Um, so, so I wanted to show that there, in every section, I wanted to show that there was a diversity of artists who were dealing with these subjects, um, but they were also approaching it from different angles and perspectives.
1: Yeah. We're talking about Berkeley Art Museum Pacific Film Archive exhibit opening Saturday, New Time Art and Feminisms in the 21st Century with Apsara DeQuinzio, Senior Curator of Modern and Contemporary Art at the Museum. And we want to hear from you. Are there Bay Area feminist artists that you'd like to shout out? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We are at KQED Forum. And we'd like to add one of the artists whose work is featured in the exhibition to the conversation. She's also the Dean of Fine Arts at Mills College. Welcome to the show, Katherine Wagner. Hi. Good morning. Hey, thank you for joining us. Um, Your work is sort of placed adjacent to the male gaze sort of themed room uh, on the way towards history. Um, Can you tell us about your pieces and how you made them?
2: Sure. Uh, the, the room that I'm in is called Time is Fabric. And I thought that was really on Apsara's part, really, he has these wonderful categories throughout the museum that kind of weaves you through, not chronologically, but contextually and conceptually. And <clears throat> one piece is there's two pieces called, one's called Philosopher's Soliday Philosophy, which means Philosopher's Hall, and the other one is called. Uh, female um, bust typology. Parentheses female. And I was a uh, a Rome Prize fellow in 2013-2014 at the American Academy in Rome. And I have a long background in thinking and, and using the history of art, uh, history of um, philosophy, as um, kind of jumping points for a lot of for a catalyst for a lot of work I do. So one of my first field trips was to go to the Capitoline Museum. And I had heard that the Solidae philosophy, the Philosopher's Hall had just been reinstalled exactly as it was when it was first, when it was first done hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So I walked in the Solidae philosophy and I noticed that there was 50 or 60 exquisitely rendered busts in marble and various kind of stylistically with long wall didactics about each one of these philosophers. And each one of these philosophers were male. And it wasn't until I walked into the room next door, the the Hall of Emperors, um, that I finally begin to see um, the presence of women, women busts. But what was so interesting was, and I had permission from the director of the museum to have an intervention, if you will, where I, I took away all the wall didactics so that you had no information about the men, but but there was on each bust, there was rendered the name of, of who they were. Whereas in the hall of emperors and, and where you're beginning to see emperors and empresses, where you're beginning to see representation of the female bust, they're, they're, my piece has a, a six-part typology of six women, and there's one with a name, and the rest are, are noted as retrato femminile or busto femminile, portrait of a woman, um, bust of a woman, and they're remembered by their gender, and that's it. Mm. And so I, I juxtaposed this very large-scale photograph of the philosopher's hall of the men next to this six-part typology of the female bust to a kind of bring back once again, who writes history, who's been left out of history. And um, I made these these images so kind of, mater- in terms of material culture, so so rendered so beautifully that as you're really staring at this work, it becomes evident that I put this gold leaf in the, um, underneath each uh, female bust with, with their title, which was just portrait of a woman or bust of a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I just, that juxtaposition about who writes history, who's included in history, was very important. So I'm kind of I'm liking the juxtaposition in the way that Apsara um, curated this.
1: Yeah. And how did you see your work relating to the other things that it sort of displayed alongside?
2: Well and as i said that she has these various um these w- various rooms and each one has a subtitle so in the room i am in there's this fantastic Kara walker piece and it, it really kind of it's it's when you walk in it's this this one of her large large scale silhouette, silhouette pieces called endless conundrum an african anonymous adventurous and it really speaks to like kind of colonialist and imperialist encounters um and it it it's just so that, a lot of the artists in, the, in that room, Time is Fabric, are really using history as a catalyst to talk about where we are now in the 21st century. So the work is really not, it's, they're not historical works, they're recontextualized works using history from a 21st century perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Apsara De Quintio, a curator for the Berkeley Art Museum, I wanted to ask you about the way that you dealt with gender within the show. Obviously, the entire show is about feminist practice, but there's a particular theme that you call gender alchemy. How, how, did, how does that work?
0: Yeah, so um, I felt that in doing this exhibition, it was very important to be as inclusive as possible when it came to the subject of gender. And so we use the word woman with an X replacing the A throughout the exhibition to denote that more inclusive notion of what it means to be a woman in today's world. Um, and so uh, gender alchemy refers to uh, work that uh, resists uh, strict um, binary delineations, so There's work by Nikki Green, um, Christina Quarles, Catherine Opie, Woot Sang, um, and uh, Nicole Eisenman. And um, all of these artists are making work where the the gender delineations become blurred or are a subject of the work that they're making.
1: Mm. There's also some pretty remarkable photographs from Johannesburg's trans community by Zanelli Mohali, which were really, I, I thought, very striking in that room as well. Um, yeah. Towards the end of the exhibit, we get to another themed room. The future is feminist. And there are these incredible rose quartz tablets kind of laying out the premises of a, of a future better world. Can you tell us about their production? Because I think they were uh, sort of like a, a collaboration between several different artists.
0: Yeah, those works were um, made by Anoni, Kembra Fowler, Johanna Constantine, and Sierra and Bianca Cassidy. Um, and in they made those works as part of an exhibition that they did uh, at the Whole Gallery in New York um, several years ago, I think back in 2010. And um, in, order, in order to think about- Can what you tell they, us
1: what they look like just because they're so strong? Oh, yeah.
0: They're, they're beautiful round uh, rose quartz tablets, and they have inscriptions on each tablet. And each of those inscriptions were written by the artist in a retreat. That they had um, to think about the thirteen tenets of future feminism, and so each of the tenets that are inscribed on the rose quartz tablets are um, ideas that they feel should represent the future of feminism. And so, one, the first one is uh, the subjugation of women and the earth is one and the same. Mm-hmm. And so, they really become a, a kind of criteria for how they want to envision the world in the future.
1: Yeah. You know, there were also some quieter pieces that are in this exhibition, and I, the in particular in the room, Body in Pieces, um, I happened to notice an artist, Amy Cutler, in which she sort of the surrealist uh, painting in which her head is missing, but she's sort of cradling it like a baby in her arms. In an, in an exhibit like this that that does have these big, splashy pieces. How do you give the space to those smaller, quieter works so that they can can get their due?
0: Yeah, well, that's a really good question because that, that room in particular was probably the hardest room in the exhibition to install because there is so much going on in that space. Um, and so I really wanted to just make sure that there was enough space surrounding each object so that you could encounter it on its own um, without distractions from uh, adjacent works of art. So, um, yeah, that was the challenge in in organizing an exhibition of this scale and with Mm -hmm. this many diverse objects was to make sure that you're honoring the space of each work.
1: I'd like to bring in our Linda from Oakland, California, into the conversation. Welcome.
3: Hi. Um, I'm talking about women as body pieces. There was a sculpture that was commissioned um, by the city of Oakland, for, and it's now in one of their parks, but it was down in Frank Plaza for a while. And I was furious when I saw it because it was a sculpture composed of supposedly more than a dozen famous women, each of whom had a body part. Like one woman, you had their left butt, and the other woman, you had their right bust. And so it was this chopped up thing, um, composing a whole. And each one, each one of these women were famous enough to have had their own bust or, you know, own statue. But they were body parts of these different women. And like Amy Tan had one, I don't remember what body part she was on there. It was just outrageous. I activated the, I got some representatives from the National Organization of Women, and I got the Berkeley Student um, Berkeley UC Berkeley student Senate to vote on against this, and we showed up and we talked at the the Arts Council um, at City Hall against this thing, and uh, <laughs> nothing happened. It just, it's now one of the city parks, but it was absolutely outrageous that women would be these famous women would be just, would be figured as body parts, whether it's the left foot or the right butt or the right bust or one of half the head or something. It was just awful.
1: Thank you for that, Arlinda. I want to try and get one more caller and Can we get Shanta from San Jose into the conversation?
3: Hi, thanks for having me on. Um, you had asked for Bay Area artists who should be acknowledged, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to every single quilter in the Bay Area. I mean, <laughs> it's a woman's art for a woman's gaze. Um, slowly, it's become more that you might see a quilt exhibition in a mainstream museum, but you will never just see one in the middle of a collection like this. And it requires so much technical expertise and work yeah.
1: Yeah. and
3: all of the, all of an artist's you know, needs involved. I mean, quilts are amazing and beautiful. And the only reason quilters don't make this kind of exhibition is because it's a woman's art.
1: Well, thank you, Shanta from San Jose, that we're going to have to leave it there. We've been talking about the Berkeley Art Museum and Pacific Film Archive exhibit opening Saturday, New Time, Art and Feminisms in the 21st Century, with De Quintio, the senior curator, and Catherine Wagner, dean of fine arts at Mills College, whose work is in the exhibit. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour ahead with Mina Kim.